Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us think about the episode there's a particular guest or topic that you'd like to have on. We love checking your feedback on there and then be able to being able to get your suggestions on the future episodes. Today, I'm going to be joined by Johnny from Stainless Diesel. I wanted to catch up with him on how race season went for him at the end of the year and then also talk about turbos, some new things that they're working on and different tips and, and, and questions that we get from you guys as far as picking the right turbo for different applications. So I'm definitely looking forward to chatting with him today. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 40% off MSRP code for you. Use code 2024 diesel40 at kershaw.kaiusa.com. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. So if you need a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC around the job site, they've definitely got you covered with a bunch of different choices to meet any budget and different options for blade shape, length, different handle designs. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure head on over to their website and use code 2024 diesel40 for 40% off MSRP. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Johnny from Stainless Diesel talking about racing and turbos. Johnny, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. Look forward to chatting with you today. I've seen um, on social media, you guys have been a lot of places doing a lot of cool things with PRI and ODSS stuff, and I've seen the um, seen your car a bunch of different places. So I wanted to catch up with you. you know, that the yeah, man. Holidays are wrapping up and, and everything else, and see how it's been uh, since we chatted last. Heck yeah, man. Thanks for having me back on. So been a wild and crazy uh year for sure uh, last season uh, we got the car back out and uh did a did a bunch of cool racing stuff with odss ended up winning the points championship in pro mod um, that's pretty big pretty big for us um after last year's uh kind of mishap you know putting the car back together and overcoming some of that stuff was uh was good for the team and uh all of our all of our efforts you know paid off so we like that that's what's been really cool the last years following the progress and progression and the trials and tribulations, you know, from when oh, yeah. you had to rebuild the car <laughs> and putting it together and then taking it out. And I know I've chatted with you about like testing tunes and how things are working and then to see it come together and perform it. It gives us a kind of a behind the scenes look or an inside look at what goes Heck into yeah. it. Heck yeah. 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 And then even after the end of the season, you know, I guess, you know, we tried a bunch of new components. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cody Fisher um, from X1 Precision, he did a bunch of titanium piping for us. We blew up a, an intercooler pipe at the very last race of the year down at uh, Wagler Motorsports Park um, on the on the final round uh, against Austin Deutsch. So that was, that was exciting. <laughs> uh, but uh, fixed some pipes up, and we, we tried the new TurboSmart E-Gates. So they're electronically actuated. Um, really neat pieces, and they're twice the CFMs um, of the normal kind of forty-five millimeter gates that we use, and we and we sell you know good turbo turbo smart stuff. These are forty. Uh, we went from forty-five millimeter to fifty millimeter, and uh, it's a straight-through design, so it doesn't the air doesn't have to take a hard right angle to get out of the out of its way. So it's a 
we, we tested that, did really well. Um, we're excited to see what happens here uh, this next season here. 24 season is going to be pretty off the chain. What does that do? I'm just curious with the wastegates and it being electronic, what kind of difference do you notice between the old setup and the new one? What's really neat about it is we can get positional feedback, <clears throat> essentially, and then it's electronically controlled. So there's a little um, kind of like a CNC machine motors in there. They're called stepper motors. So they incrementally can move the, the, the valve open and closed. And uh, we can see, you know, how fast and how far it moves. And um, we can actually have it, uh, we, can, we can make a boost curve, essentially. Um, we're a lot of us diesel guys, you know, we'll just kind of keep the gate shut and open them when we need them to, instead of where our gas racing, uh, brothers will use a wastegate with, um, CO2 on the top and bottom of the valve to help manip manipulate a, a boost curve. Like some of the street outlaw guys are doing with turbochargers. So, um, <clears throat> we haven't really got into doing that as much. And, uh, next year we'll have a lot more tunability. So it's kind of neat to see the technology moving forward. One of the cool things too is I think when I chat with you, there's two different perspectives that that I'm able to get. One is you as a racer and with your team, but then also with stainless diesel as a manufacturer. And yes. a lot of the competitors that are out there, they're your customers. You're working with them. So when you oh, go yeah. to uh, <laughs> like the, the ODSS, um, like the awards and, and the banquet and everything, what's it like being able to meet up at the end of the season with a bunch of your customers or, you know, people who, who you talk to and help throughout the year. Oh, heck yeah. No, it just makes me feel like, uh, you know, just super proud to see, um, you know, our customers, you know, take the, a little bit of my little bitty piece of advice that I can give them and what we do on the turbo side and the racing side, and then take it and just dominate. Um, like the old class that I ran in, uh, Justin Ziegler, we, we helped him mid season with a turbo change and updated some things. And, uh, he was able to uh, break my old record for the pro street class I held for a little about three years uh, essentially, and uh, haven't raced in pro street for two years. But those guys are, uh, you know, they took that advice and our, our new turbocharger and uh, it's a GT fifty five. Um, we made a lightweight billet aluminum center section, so the turbo's almost ten pounds lighter than a than a typical GT fifty five that a lot of guys will run, um, and. Uh, he went uh, 472, 474 range in that range, and I was 482. So, just proud of proud of Justin and what he's been able to accomplish. It's really cool that um, he's running our exhaust manifold and turbo, and I try to give him all the tips and tricks I can. And it it makes me proud to see you know guys pushing the industry uh, further and going faster. And, and you know what's that next level? Can you attain? And then uh, same thing with Mr. Michael Cordoba just an amazing record pass this year um, in dragster class, diesel dragster going three eighties. Um, we, we help him with a turbo change, you know, mid season uh, right before Shide. And uh, he went three nineties at Shide and three eighties at Wagler at the last race. And I'm super proud to see those guys doing really well. He works really hard for that. So uh, all the guys that we team up with, it's um, friends and customers and, and dealers. It's, it's just fun to, to push the sport to the next level, you know, get that next, that next record, that, that next level of, uh, you know, speed for the diesel guys, you know, it's, it feels good. The gas guys are definitely taking notice. Um, being at PRI, we were in the, we had the pro mod in the, uh, Wagler competition booth. We got invited down there by Jeremy 
and um, had one of our big, gigantic uh, G57 units, which is the next level above a GT55, uh, sitting on his display engine. Um, that's pretty neat to see there with our car. And then they got a beautiful dragster uh, for his daughter. She'll be uh, racing racing that next year in dragster class. So we did a nice turbocharger on that thing too. So I'm excited to see her get out and uh, another girl like Maddie, you know, to team up and just show the world what diesel power is all about. Yeah. Is it the, that GT57? That's what you had chatted with me about with Michael on our last episode, right? Yep. Yep. So we touched base on it. It's one of those things where the exhaust wheel is quite a bit bigger um, when you're looking at the aspect of difference on the size, like a GT55 is 102 by 112 millimeter. Um, and this bigger G57 unit is essentially it's a 113 by 118. And it's a nine blade turbine wheel where the GT55 is a 10 blade turbine wheel. So it's a new evolution in um, exhaust wheel technology, uh, which we've definitely taken advantage of the last few years with our Duramax turbos that are very popular. That nine blade turbine is, it's a little bit lighter. Um, it's designed in such a way that you don't lose that thermal um, thermal leverage that you can get to help spool a turbo up. It's actually a little bit lighter than, than a normal 10 blade turbine. And we can maintain that the leverage you need to drive a compressor wheel. Um, even with one less blade, so it's it's got a unique exhaust tone. Um, back pressure goes down, response times go up, you know, spool up, responsiveness goes up. So it's a win-win. And that uh, next evolution of turbo uh, technology just keeps moving along, and I I love it. Yeah, it seems like it keeps it, it keeps growing as the power and the times improve, and every year there's faster and faster times, and then. Oh, yeah. You know, something like this GT57 just seems like it just takes it to the next level. I'm sure in 2024 we'll see. I'm excited to see what happens oh, yeah. with all the technology and the yeah, yeah. shared knowledge yeah, and everything. We're uh, we're planning on doing some more dynamo on the big units down at Wagler's. Um, he's got a big mule motor. He's uh, He was talking to me about it at PRI. Um, he's going to put it on the dyno and kind of let it, let it rip on fuel. Um, in the gas world, we've seen, you know, 2,900 horsepower out of our 107 and the G57 uh, range at the crankshaft. Um, I've got a new 112 coming, 110, 112-ish, uh, that'll be on that platform soon. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I'm basically shooting for that 2,900 to about 33, 3,400 horsepower range on fuel only with that platform. So it's going to be interesting. For sure. I was curious with that that kind of power range is do you think that to go faster say in the next race season is it going to be more power or is it going to be more technology in other parts of the vehicle and how it's set up that's going to start having that's going to allow you to go faster or maybe a combination of both sure sure you know it's a great question I think um I think ultimately you know the the uh the power is always a huge factor but if you can't get it to the ground, that's another huge factor. And uh, I think with the the technology we've been able to play with with uh, with the the new SNS, uh, you know, working with SNS back and forth on the ECM side with the car, you know, the truck we had the Bosch ECM, which was a really good platform, but the Motec platform is just taking it to another level. It's a lot more detailed and oriented, I think, for racing in general. 
um, it's just a great tool to work with. And um, we'll see, uh, we, we did some electronic updates. We've got a few things, you know, other than the wastegates that we've, we've done as far as sensors. Um, it's just going to be, uh, you know, the added power is going to help us go, you know, clip that 200 mile an hour goal that we have in the eighth mile. So, you know, 660 feet essentially from the dead stop. We're going to try to make this thing go 205, 200 plus next year. Um, and it's definitely possible. And it's going to take uh, another five or 600 horsepower than we had been playing with this year. We're, we're floating around 2,800 to 3,000 horsepower this year uh, on our tune-ups on track. So we're going to be floating that 25, 2,600 next year. Um and it's going to be interesting to see how much we can stick down. And that that G57 unit, the bigger unit, um, with nitrous on a diesel, that's a 4,000-horsepower turbo. So that's a big number. Um, not sure when we're going to be able to stick that to the ground, but that's the next level. You know, um, I remember when 2,000-horsepower was a big deal, um, you know, probably like 8 or 10 years ago, would you say? Yeah. That was that number. And then you know, guys have clipped 3,000. Um, and that's another big number that guys are clipping um, the last few years. And I think, you know, that next plateau, it's coming quick and we're making plans for it. If eight, if eight to 10 years ago, someone would have went back in time and said, hey, Johnny, there's going to be a time mm -hmm. here where you're going to be eclipsing 200 miles per hour in the eighth mile and 3,000 horsepower is going to be kind of like the, the entry level <laughs> power you need. What would you have told them? <laughs> well, what's, what's wild is it's like, you know, um, you're only limited by your imagination and your energy you can put into your thoughts with. And and it's like, I've always seen the car guys do it. I'm like, man, diesel's going to do that one day. I don't know when, but diesel's going to do that. And I think today we're closer than ever um, to making that happen. So, uh, but back then, you know, I knew it was possible. I didn't know how many years it was going to take to get there. <laughs> so That's something like PRI where, um, for, for people who, who maybe aren't familiar with it, can you explain what kind of, um, event that it is, what kind of gathering it is in, in Heck different yeah. racing industries? Heck yeah. So the, the PRI stands for performance racing industry show. And I mean, the, the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the, the, the best manufacturers, the, the racers, the media coverage, the, you know, it's just unreal all in that one Mecca in Indy down in Indianapolis, Indiana there um, at the convention center. And it's kind of like SEMA, but it's shrunken down to more racing specific stuff. So you're not going to see as many jacked up show trucks and things of that nature show stuff. Um, but you're going to see a lot of really high performance cutting edge um, machines to, to CNC machine and engine and port cylinder heads and tubing uh, machines to bend tubing and notch stuff out. And of course, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys are out there, you know, like the fleece brothers were there with their, with a nice booth and awesome display. Uh, Ryan Milliken's car was there in their booth. You had SNS motorsports, you know, with Michael Cordova's car, you had Wagler competition down there with some big new billet engines on the stands. And of course our car and, uh, Jaylee's new, new vehicle in there too. You know, the dragster, uh, DDP was there. There's a lot of diesel guys there side by side with, you know, some of the biggest, uh, and the baddest uh, performance companies in the world, like Holly, you know, Holly, Holly EFI is huge in the gas world for all the turbo cars. Um, every Mustang and Camaro has probably got a Holly EFI computer on this thing with some kind of traction control for all these no prep guys running. 
so it's it's really neat to see um that kind of stuff and then all the safety stuff and obviously like the fire protection stuff you know your hats your helmets your suits your gloves the cutting edge stuff um i just uh i actually got measured for a new suit my suit's about uh six years old and getting a little wore out and uh got a new suit that's uh about they tell me it's going to be seven pounds which is pretty amazing when my current suits around 21 pounds so with the same amount of fire protection more stretchy you know easier for me to get in and out of the car in an emergency situation you know stuff like that so that uh technology it's, it's i just love it when you go down there and see all that stuff so meet a lot of new faces um get to meet some of the some of the big you know some of the famous racers and some of the some of the icons in the industry, it's kind of neat to talk to them too when you can peel them off to the side and just chit chat with them. So it's kind of neat. What kind of, what kind of feedback do you get from people outside of diesel now with the power, the times they're starting to beat some of the, (laughs) starting to win some of these races that are out there. How has that changed over the years when you go to something like this? Well, what's, what's really neat, especially this year and last year, I mean, a lot of the, there's a lot of the big racers are taking, they take notice of the diesel guys a little bit more and more every year. And I think this, this year, uh, they, they were thoroughly impressed with, you know, how fast some of the diesels are cranking and coming on, you know, between Ryan winning some of the, you know, the radial X275 race and uh, being like, you know, runner up and a couple more, um, you know, they're, he's there with the best in the world on their platform, on their stage where everybody else has, you know, basically, not a diesel. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the racers are taking notice for sure. And I think it's the feedback we got with the car. Um, some of the guys were standing around the car and some, let's just say some big name pro mod racers came up that I recognized. And, uh, I was off to the side talking to a customer. Um, but, uh, some of the guys were there and, uh, talking to them about the weight distribution. Cause they seen this gigantic billet diesel engine in the front. Um, and uh, they were like, man, that thing's got to be really heavy on the nose. You know, we that's got to be, you know, uh, 60% of the weight on the nose. And typically in pro mods, you know, you, you're wanting somewhere around 50, 50, 48% on the nose. So uh, let's just say we're, we're 50, 50 or a little better than that. Um, and they were surprised once you, once you start talking shop with them on that level on some, on some of those guys. So uh, it was impressive to see, you know, them scratching their heads, you know, some of the racers seeing them firsthand, scratching their heads, talking shop uh, with the diesel deal. So it's going to be neat. It's cool. Next year. I always like to ask you about that part because I just as a enthusiast and an outside observer, I see the diesel stuff and then I've seen <clears throat> more success racing against gas. And it's always something because I think they, they were so far ahead for so long. That's where it started. Um, you know, with racing and, oh, yeah. and going quick and then to see the progression and how diesel has started to catch up and in some oh, cases yeah. win that it's, it's really cool. I also think another awesome aspect of this is all that you've learned and done on the track and the people that you work with, a lot of that technology and the lessons translate to the daily drivers, the guys who are towing and doing different things with their trucks on a daily basis. And you had mentioned some some cool things with the six seven Cummins VGTs. I wanted to ask you about that with some sizes and some options that those guys are going to have. Oh yeah. So right before uh, Thanksgiving, we dropped a couple new units. Um, we've got three new sizes available. 
for the 6.7 Cummins platform on the VGT. So uh, a lot of people know our popular Boss Series Turbo, our 63.67 Turbine, and our 60.60 Tow Boss. Um, just, you know, just just really good, solid performers. We've had those out for a number of years. Um, we've, we've had a couple guys pushing, wanting some more flavors. You know, there's uh, the chocolate ice cream and, you know, there's uh, vanilla, but now we got, you know, say some orange sherbet and some Rocky Road, you know, so we got some, we got some more flavors to play with now. So, uh, so we have another 63, but it's a 64 turbine. So that's for that guy that's like, you know, the, the 63, 67 will handle hundred percent over injector. Um, and then uh, we have a larger one than that now too, which is a 65, 67. And um, that's kind of a neat little unit to, 750 horsepower range guys might want to play with that um 700 at that 63 67 650ish at the 63 64 and then of course the the tow boss is really good for you know anything on stock injectors um to maybe just uh you know 30% over something like that low 500s to 450 range so just a really good range of of uh setup and then um we've got a couple of these uh a new, new big one. It's a 68 with a 74 turbine. Um, that's the biggest Mac daddy. I think, I think, uh, that, that 900 horsepower mark, um, with a VGT is essentially attainable with, with that. Um, so a lot of different flavors in that still have your exhaust brake, still bolt on like a stock unit. Um, every, all the electronics, everything's functional. Everything works like a normal VGT turbo, but it's, uh, a little more capable if you need that. So, that, I, had to I, I, yeah, I had to pause <laughs> for a second because like, we're, <laughs> we're talking about 900 horsepower VGT mm. turbos, and especially on the yeah. 6.7. That was the first yeah, truck yeah. I had. It was the first diesel I ever, I ever owned. And yeah. <clears throat> you always had to swap it out. You always had to get rid of the VGT. You always had to right. go to something else to, right, right. to make even 600 horsepower, 650 efficiently. Exactly. So now we're talking, exactly. you know, 550 yeah. to 900 on a VGT that I don't have to change anything. It just bolts yep. in and I'm just good. Bolts, bolts on like stock and go have some fun. You know, so just, it's like, and it's, it's one of those things where I think, um, you know, in the Duramax line as well. I mean, we've got some, some bigger units and then those have been really popular. Um, and then we've got a we've got a seventy two seventy three that's going to be uh, coming very soon for the Duramax world, um, uh, kind of like a stage three R unit. We're working really close with Mister Mark Broviak. A lot of Duramax guys know who that is with that unit. So it's going to be um, a collaboration of some of some great minds going together to make that big unit. And that's that's essentially a thousand horsepower turbo for Duramax. So it's more slated for uh, obviously stock appearing sled pulling world um, or maybe drag racing, you know, for sure. When you're out there chatting with truck owners or even maybe people at the track, do you find that a lot of them still think that a VGT can't perform the, the, the back pressures too much. It's inefficient. It, it doesn't work. Cause I, right, right. I know that was the, the perception for a long time. That was one of the main reasons sure. you'd want to go to, a, a, a fixed geometry turbo was that was the selling point for it yeah. and i'm not really familiar with all the details and some of our listeners might not be in the technology and the advancement to where you can run these vgts at these higher power levels and still keep 
the efficiency there and have some of the basics. Because one of the biggest things I remember was people, they didn't want to lose the exhaust brake, but they right. they would do other yeah, things right. with their truck with injectors and tuning and a built transmission. So they needed or wanted more than stock power. Sure. Um, but sure. one of the exhaust brakes. So how... Yeah. How would you explain that to somebody if they of the, if they're of the opinion that VGTs are still inefficient and they just don't handle the higher power levels? So I think the just like anything, I think you know when you start back in the days that you know the people started playing with transmissions where the trucks were pretty stock and they started making a little bit more power with your with your tuner box on there, um, and then you found the weak link, you know, and then the transmission builders made them way better, you know, started making billet shafts, they started making extra clutch packs and different pressures inside the transmission to make them live longer, happier lives at that larger power level. It's the same thing with turbos. I mean, we kind of seen, okay, you can push these things so far and then over the edge, you know, it's all right, back it up a notch and let's, let's go back to the drawing board. So in years past, you know, for sure, you know, fixed geometry turbo would make the power all day long, easy. But when you get too big, um, you lose some of that bottom end, low end drivability, and you have to, you know, adjust your RPM of operations. So essentially, um, where with the VGT, it's it's going to come on quicker. It's going to come on stronger uh, in the lower end. Uh, torque band is going to be wider than than a big S four hundred, for instance. Um, when you can make, I mean, most of these guys, uh, even you know, between the Cummins or the Duramax world, once you hit that 700, 800 range, I mean, you're you're in the danger zone of having to be really serious about your, about your setup. You know, are you going to pull this engine out and put rods in this thing? Because you're going to make enough torque where you can shorten those rods pretty quick um, on either platform. Um, so, I mean, once you get to that higher level and like, like some of the stock appearance sled pull guys and some of the drag race guys, I mean, um, we're there with the VGT now, so you don't have to get rid of that low end torque. You don't have to get rid of that spool up responsiveness now to be at those really good numbers and hit four digits um, with a VGT now. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a pretty wild ride next year for sure. <laughs> it's so exciting. Cause I think there's so many other things that are going on in the diesel performance industry with tuning and fueling and products that are there that I, I just see that need growing in the future where, you're going to have 600 horsepower, maybe 650. You're going to have these other components that support it. And I think every time I've done a tuning episode, all of them tell me I run out of, I run out of uh, turbo just with a stock turbo. That's what, sure. that's what holds the power back. Yep. So yep. being able to see these options, well, there's some, there's more turbo you can get. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. So there's, yeah. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's set up is so different, you know, not everybody needs a, a 750 horsepower tow truck, but some people want that, or, you know, not everybody wants a sled pole. Some people want a drag race and, you know, you can, you can have your cake and eat it too, I guess. Um, have, have the horsepower and the engine brake all in one. So. What are some other things that you're looking forward to in, in 2024, whether it's with racing, sure. maybe some yeah. other parts of diesel performance that you think might improve the racing side or the daily driving side, the towing side. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. And just, uh, we're really excited to, to, to go out and, uh, ODSS has added a couple more tracks to race at next year, which is kind of nice. Um, going to be in Orlando speedway. I'm excited to be back down in Florida racing. 
Um, that was really, really fun when you get to go down there when it's a little, little cold up north here still. So the first week of April, uh, just after March time, uh, we'll be down there. And then, uh, you know, we're going to the a couple of the usual places like Indianapolis. We'll be back down there for UCC. Um, I believe that's in May. And then uh, mid-season, you know, uh, Shy Diesel Extravaganza is still going on. It's still on the schedule. Um, and then uh, RLC, Michael Dalton down in Tennessee, Crossville, Tennessee, still on the track uh, schedule there as well. And then um, they added a new one in Pennsylvania. I think it's Keystone uh, out there, Keystone Dragway. So that's going to be in September. So it's going to be a, a full wide open season as far as racing goes. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. I think we're going to be hitting some, some no prep races uh, with the pro mod in between some of that. So it's going to be mixing it up with some of the gas guys uh, in between some of the diesel races. So we got a full season definitely on the schedule for next year. Well, something I did want to ask you, this popped in, in, into, into my head a while ago. It seemed like maybe it was this summer. I can't remember exactly when, but I started to hear about different tracks that were closing. I think in Sacramento, I think oh, yeah. one local to me, Bandemir, um, yeah, yeah. was closing. I think a big one down in Texas. I, I can't remember the name of it, yeah, but I started to man. see a lot of enthusiasts talk about that. And they're like, these tracks that I always went to. We're closing now as a racer somebody's going to all these um events and and, and performing out there oh yeah what are you seeing you know, with that, that is, is it transition i'll tell you what it's it's painful because um it's painful to see it happening first of all and i guess you know economy's changing and you know life goes on and things change but um my local track to me near and dear you know my first one of my first places i drag raced ever you know 15 16 years old essentially uh, Osceola over in uh, the dragway it has been in Indiana for, I think it was almost 60 years. Um, they, uh, they had some slowly, I think houses build around it and they start, you know, fighting against the noise and ordinances. And pretty soon, you know, the, the, the track owners just kind of lose the battle. I think I see that uh, a lot more and more across the country. Um, and then people, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, if you can support your local tracks, boy, that's that's huge. And for me, it's like family because when you go there, you know, Osceola, for instance, we go there on Sunday, race all day, bring some, bring a little grill, cook some hot dogs, bring the family, hang out, and uh, race with your buddies on on Sunday, and work all week, race on Sunday. And um, that's that's why I like you know drag racing so fun to me. It's like every month I'm I'm in a I'm somewhere else, and I get to see my my diesel family. You know and uh, pick on each other, you know, race with each other and uh, help each other. So it's, it's just uh, one of those things I hate to see tracks going away because you miss that aspect of it for sure. That was so. the thing that I underestimated about Bandemir Speedway is the emotional impact it had on me because oh, yeah. I mean, it's maybe 15 minutes from me, but if that track wouldn't have been there in 2008 or 2009, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Because that was the first race, I think it was the Rocky Mountain Truck Fest or something like that, or yep. Truck Fest. Yeah, heck yeah. That's where I saw, uh, I think it was a Shide truck at that time, and Dimitri racing against Duramax. And that's, yep, yep. I saw that race. <laughs> and, and that, you know, here all these years later is why I'm sitting here, and why heck we're yeah. chatting, and, yep, and all yep. that stuff. So when I heard yep. it was closing, I was like, there's so many memories I have of test and tunes, or a bunch of companies would go out there. 
Oh, yeah. It was the first time I ever saw ATS or BD Diesel or sure. yep. any of these yep. places in person. Oh, and yeah. then I'm like, it's not going to be there. I think they are planning to build it somewhere else, um, you know, around the city. But I, I just underestimated my emotional attachment to this place that I would go to that started to get my interest in how are these trucks going so fast? What, what's that sound when they're spooling up? Um, how come, oh, yeah. you know, they used to be really smoky back then, but then why don't they smoke, but they're oh, going yeah. faster. Yep. There's all these vendors I can meet and I could stop and, you know, I really like this guy's mm-hmm. truck or I like what they're doing. I can talk to him. So uh, that just kind of hit me hard. Just kind of, I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, man, I'll tell you what, and you mentioned, you mentioned some of the big dogs back in the day. It's like one of the, I went to Indy to watch like the very first diesel race I was ever at. And you're talking, I'm going to date myself here. It was probably like 15 years ago, probably a little bit longer, uh, 15, 16 years ago. Um, and uh, it, it was just packed full of enthusiasts and trucks. And I've never seen nothing like it because I, I was racing gas cars since I was 16, you know. And um, uh, it's just amazing to see the energy that was there. And then it's like, man, you didn't know you'd get that kind of power out of a four-wheel drive truck. And and then you start looking at uh, a little further, like you said, you know, ATS back in the day and uh, a bunch of guys, you know, Shide built the dragster. And then I think when you mentioned smoke free, it's like I heard while well, I seen the banks, banks had this little door, door slimer there, little pro stock truck looking thing with the Duramax. And I mean, this thing was literally completely smoke free. It sounded like a gas engine, but it was diesel Duramax. And uh, I watched that thing go down the track and I was like, this is crazy. And uh, that's, that got me leaning to, you know, over to the diesel side more and more once I've seen the energy going into it. So it was uh, it's impressive back then for sure. That's what got me here where I'm at right now. I really think it's a cornerstone of, of what drives the performance. And that's why I'm, I'm excited and, and I hope to see maybe new venues or new places because I think it's still the backbone of the performance side. Like I do, I know that 98, 99% of diesel truck owners are driving them every day. They're making money with them. They're towing. Yep. But where you, I think really build the enthusiasm is when you see them go down a track and it could be, yep the ET class, or it could be like what you're racing. It could be UCC, anything in between. That's where we really start to get excited and you build the, the, the passion and the excitement. So I think, think, I think it's important. I think it's, I think it's a big deal. I mean, you know, kind of like the, the big three manufacturers back in the day, they used to say, you know, race on Sunday, sell on Monday kind of deal back in the seventies and eighties, you know, with the, with the factory stock race cars. And um, I, I really think that, it shows what diesels are capable of and then you know racers slash manufacturers and people are doing r&d on the racetrack you see what's what things are capable of you, you see how to find efficiencies and you can take that technology and all that test data we accumulate a tremendous amount of data um, on the racetrack believe it or not real world i mean you can dyno stuff left and right but it's that abuse that dynamic cycling instead of a static load on the dyno um, in a little fixed window, um, dynamically when you're loading <clears throat> a sled pulling truck on the track, you know, their the tires are grabbing and they're, they're slipping and they're grabbing and they're slipping and you're, you're testing things like, like that, that you just wouldn't believe turbo shaft speeds are spiking and jumping up and down. And, um, same thing for drag racing, going through the gears and locking up converters and things are taking a beat. And so you're seeing things, how hard can you push it? You know? So when you, when you get things, uh, they can handle certain amounts of abuse and certain shaft speeds. 
Um, you got a great data set to come back to the real, like your real world, like you said, 98% of the time in the real world. Um, these guys that are towing trailers every day and you know, working these trucks, you know, and the farmers pulling hay wagons and pulling camper trailers and just everybody in the country working a diesel truck, you know, gooseneck trailer haulers. And they want, they want to know that their parts are going to last. And that's, that's kind of what we do. Um, we test them to failure and then we'll back them off a notch. And we have a great data set cluster of data that tells us, you know, where we need to be at on all of our on-road stuff. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely beneficial for the racing side, um, not only from the R and D aspect, but just to kind of push the levels up of, of diesel, you know, everybody can see what diesel is capable of for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know. It was just something that kind of, kind of struck me because automotive and well, there are emotional aspects to it. I think you go through it when you race and you win. And oh, yeah. the highs and the lows and the team and everything <laughs> oh, yeah. else. Yep, yep. But I think overall, if you're not in it, it's it's kind of a non-emotional sort of sport or yep. kind of passion. But I've yep. really focused in the last few years on that side of it because I found whether we're talking about racing or I'm sure there's there's customers that come up to you at oh, yeah. an event yep. or race and say, Yep. Yeah. Hey, thanks for this turbo. Like it, sure, it, sure. it, it saved me. I'm glad you got it to me. I was able to get home. I was able to do this stuff. And, and, and the track thing, I haven't really covered too much or, or talked about, but I just saw it was like real quick, like three or four of them that were iconic. We're just like, Hey, we're going away. And, and I wanted to ask you about that. Cause I'm sure you've oh, yeah. raced at them, been there to them at a booth yep. at them. Yep. Um, yep. No people that race there. So oh, yeah. 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 Definitely support your local tracks. Every, everybody out there, if you can, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, take the kids there on a Friday, watch a couple passes, get a hot dog, just hang out, man. It's, it's, it's going to mean, uh, it means a lot to, uh, racers and families and, and it's good entertainment. It's good, clean fun. You know, it's just, it's fun to watch, uh, you know, a lot of different aspects of racing. I like, like all the different, uh, spins they have on it nowadays with the no prep Kings and, uh, uh, the 28 inch tire guys. And then of course these, these wild pro mods and dragsters and just everything from, uh, once once out of the spectrum to the other i wanted to circle back real quick um to the six seven cummins turbos so those ones the the sizes you mentioned you guys have those available now ready to go people can go on stainlessdiesel.com and and order one up or if they have questions reach yeah. out to you guys yeah heck yeah heck yeah yeah if you got application questions you know that's 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 about um the majority of of, of the phone calls nowadays definitely applications questions um emails you know email sales at stainlessdiesel.com with any kind of questions on if you got sizing and, and some, something you can't find on the website or you don't see that you might want and it would be happy to help you out um and as far as uh, the sizing that, that we mentioned you know the the, the the new sizes they're definitely available and uh, listed online i think the new new largest one for uh the Duramax is not available quite yet, but it's going to be available here the first quarter of next year. That 72, 73, um, that's going to be available soon. And uh, on the Dodge side, uh, the 60, 63, 64, it's called the called the underboss. Uh, the toe boss is that 60, 60. And then our uh, our larger 65, 67s available on there right now too. So a couple different options, a lot of different flavors of ice cream to pick from. <laughs> I'm still amazed by the 900 horsepower. EGT. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 Pretty wild. <laughs> well, it was, it was cool chatting with you, Johnny. I appreciate your time. I know you're a really busy guy. You got a ton of stuff Heck yeah. 
going on, but yeah, I wanted to catch up with you, chat about PRI and ODSS and and the uh, the new turbos that you have, and then you know, see what you were looking forward to for you know twenty twenty four. So it's always a pleasure to chat with you. I appreciate the knowledge and you know the insights and everything. Look forward to chatting with you again and you. seeing uh, seeing how you do in twenty twenty four with uh, with Promod. Heck yeah, man! Thanks for having me on, bud. Been a great time. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 2024-DIESEL40 for 40% off uh, site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. So if you need a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC around the job site, they've definitely got you covered with a bunch of different choices for blade shape, blade length, different handle designs. So head on over check them out use that code for 40 percent off msrp also want to give a shout out to some of our patreon supporters tyler low and a 23 diesel john j cole all of our other patreon supporters all of you who subscribe on youtube and podcast apps follow us on social media we appreciate your support here in year eight of the diesel podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you want to hear in 2024 until next time keep the shiny side up